I created a little piece of jewellery. It's a resin pendant mm. and I scream abuse into the pendant as it cures. And then I posted a video on TikTok and then I sold 17,000 of these pendants. Hey, I'm Fred. And I'm Ed. And this is Create a Generation. Create a Generation of Hype. All right, Frederico, this week's episode is brought to you by a very special letter, the letter F. <laughs> that will become evident very soon, where we are chatting to Christian Hull, who is a comedian with a huge following on platforms like TikTok and Facebook, and amongst other things, we're chatting about how he turned his comedy into a merch and product empire. That's right, but uh, fair warning, any kiddies listening in probably need your earmuffs, because we're going to say the word a lot. Hey, uh, before we get started, if you like this podcast that we've put together for you, please let us know on Apple Podcasts by leaving a review. We'd love to hear what you think about it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. All right. Welcome back to Creator Generation. This week, we are joined by Christian Hull. Christian, welcome. Hi. This is so Hi. professional. Oh, I'm not so used good. to um, chatting to like industry people, so <laughs> I'm going to try and keep it uh, PG. No, mm. no need. It, well, this won't be a PG episode. I'll, I'll throw oh, it out. Fair warning. Yeah, um, you can you can be you. Yeah, you? it won't be. Yeah, we'll, we'll um, have we'll have to put the explicit sign on the uh, the the podcast because we just can't get around some of the topics without swearing. Right? There's no way. Yeah, well, I have it. Yeah, I have a shop, and it's called the Fuck Off Shop. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how to. <laughs> yeah. We'll be beeping every every second. World will be beeped. No, it's oh, um, we we made it. We didn't make it to one minute before someone said fuck. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Christian, how about uh, instead of us rambling, how about you you introduce yourself instead of me rambling about introducing yourself? Maybe you can do a better job of it than me. Okay, so I worked in radio, and that is a really great tactic to be like, oh, shit, I didn't plan anything. You introduce yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, this is no, no, well no. rehearsed. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, um, I would say for... People that have no idea who I am, you might be thinking, who is that 54-year-old woman talking? I get mistaken for a woman on the phone all the time. Um, just a loud gay, really, who makes YouTube videos. You may have seen some. I put a blonde wig on and play a character called Trish. That's how I sort of really got my internet fame, uh, is playing a bitchy Karen-esque mother, um, which is a surprise because my mother is named Karen. And then I did some paint videos on TikTok and next minute I've got a huge following on TikTok. That's mm. the best way I can summarize who I am. <laughs> and, oh, and also uh, over COVID, I lost, I did some comedy tours. I was supposed to, and then that never happened. And I was like, oh shit, that's my income. Mm. So during lockdown, I created a little piece of jewelry. It's a resin pendant mm. and... Um, I scream abuse into the pendant as it cures. I say, fuck off, leave me alone, get away. And then um, it's charged with negative energies, um, a total gimmick, not real, but it's totally real, it works. And then I posted a video on TikTok and then I made billions of dollars uh, over lockdown. Well, so it, I sold 17,000 of these pendants. Wow. Look, oh. Hey, I've got... <laughs> that is actually... done here. That, yeah. You've, you've, right, you've, podcast, the whole podcast really has been summed up in one hit. No, but we will talk about your online shop. I'm, I'm keen to understand more about that. Uh, but let's, let's, let's before we get onto the, the juicy stuff, let's, let's start at the beginning. Where, where... I mean, you said you started in radio. Like, how did the, the Christian Hull journey to entertainment start? 
1987 at Sydney's Royal North Shore Hospital. <laughs> I was born to parents John and Karen. Um, no, I don't. I think it started as a kid. I've got triplet brothers, so I've got a big family. Um, Mum's side of the family were all into the arts, so we're all creative, performing, and we were just exposed to that. And so me and my brothers, we would make little videos, you know, with a camcorder, pretend CSI, you know, tomato sauce for blood, and we'd just sort of always been involved in the arts in some way. So it was very natural to want to be a performer. And when I was younger, I'm not ashamed to admit this, it's very narcissistic and gross, but when asked what I wanted to be when I grew up, I would be like, oh, I just want to be famous. And then it would be, what for? I don't care. Just, I just want to be famous. You know, in my mother's you know, high heel shoes, prancing around the house. And I think when I grew up, I, I realised that I was an ugly kid. I was, <laughs> so I was mistaken for a lesbian all the time. And so I thought radio's for me. So I um, tried to get into radio. I did a lot of years in com- community radio. Then I got into commercial radio. And I wanted to be Kyle Sanderlands. That's what I wanted to do. Um, and then it just, it just never um, happened. For the anyone who doesn't know who Carl uh, Sanderlands is and why that might be not such a palatable thing. Oh, how dare you? Carl is my <laughs> hero. Thank you so much. He's a radio shock jock. So, yes. But he's he's not like political. He's more like, oh, can you touch your penis with your tongue? 13, 10, 60. Like they're really, it's, it's crass. He's very yeah, camp. Yeah. He's straight apparently. He's very camp. He's a bigger guy, um, and his humor is is highly inappropriate. There are some things I disagree with him on, and they, they do go too far. Um, but I loved listening to Carl and Jackie O as a kid, and that's what I wanted to do. And I just wanted to be, you know, well known for being. I just wanted to be well known. I think it didn't matter what I wanted to do; just wanted to be well known and really good at it and respected. Mm. And now look at me, not respected. A little bit well-known and, you know, heavy on the dick jokes. Well, well, actually, the funny thing, you know, when we were just looking at some some background stuff for you, Krishna, I did a search just to look through it, and it actually says, people also ask, who is Christian Hull? And what what is Christian Hull's worth, actually? That's the two common uh, side queries. Worth? Um, Yeah, how much are you worth? And it has a little listing of how much you're worth. Well, apparently. Oh, it says $13,000, doesn't it? It's not updated. 300,000 US dollars (gasps) is what it says. Stop (laughs) it. Yeah. 300,000 US. As of 2020, it says that. I don't know who who comes up with this stuff, but that's what it says. Okay, it's wrong. I'm worth a lot more than you. (laughs) I own property. Oh wow! But, but it, it, it uh, those are the two related things. But look, I mean, uh, do you consider yourself? Uh, I mean, you're obviously very well known in Australia. Do you consider yourself uh, a international comedian? No, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, I got to say, no, for, for, for for what you say is a non-international comedian, you have got. 1.1 million followers on Facebook. You have about 119,000 on YouTube and 1.1 million on TikTok too. So that's um that's not yeah, that's, that's small. It's not, it's not small. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. And I and I would have to guess that most of those people are from overseas. Facebook well yeah, I think once you clock a million is there even a million Australians? So <laughs> I've just I hit I really hit my stride with US when I did the paint videos on TikTok. So before the paint guessing, I had a huge Australian audience and a very small international audience. And then uh, after paint guessing, it's like BC, you know, before 
paint and after paint i you know exploded out into sort of america and the uk mm. well maybe you should explain yeah. the, the paint yeah. videos because we've alluded to it a few times and mm. people might be thinking like there's this dude doing diy or something yeah like wow he must be doing something so amazing to get so many followers no i literally scream at my phone blue i guess blue the color's blue it's just me watching you know, someone at a hardware store, they put a tin of white paint in and it drops some co- random colours in. They put the lid on, it goes through the shaking machine and I just guess what colour it's going to be. That's it. It requires <laughs> no skill whatsoever. And it just it just blew up and I've, I've made quite a few of them and people, I don't know why, seem to love them. And uh, I got an, maybe an extra 600,000 followers on um, uh, TikTok from it. And... Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how or why. It's such mundane content. You know, little effort, the most minimal effort content that I do always does really well. <laughs> Anytime I put in any effort, nothing. I get nothing. Well, well let's, let's, do it. Let's, like, let's talk about that. In terms of your platforms, like how did you get onto the social platforms? Like what was your first one? Facebook. Facebook. So back in the day, like 2015, mm. when Facebook was, you know, you could just get on there as a creator and poof, you could fart in a jar and people were like, that's amazing. And then they would share it and then you get millions of views. And it was really this incredible platform for creators. And w- what got me there was I was working, um, you know, for the, for the previous few years as a digital social media producer for radio. And um, I had a lot of experience. So I was lucky I didn't go in completely blind. I knew a lot before I started my channels. I knew a lot of how to start them and structure them and and do them. So that worked in my favour. And um, it just sort of snowballed from there. Like I was doing it as a job and I'd come home and I was doing it for myself. And then Facebook, Mm. that blew up. And then you said, when did you get onto like some, like your, um, into TikTok? Like when was that? When did that happen for you? Um, So I didn't want to do TikTok because, you know, classic 33-year-old being like, oh, I am not 12 and I don't dance. Like why would I get on that platform? And my manager, um, I've got representation, um, I'm, I'm a big deal, um, said to me, get on it. I was like, no, you don't know me, clearly. And I was, I, I was like, no, 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 no. And he said, just try it, just for me, just do it. And the first TikTok I made, I was like, oh, my God, I got like 500 views. I have like no followers. How is this possible? And then it made me really inquisitive and I learned that TikTok is like what Facebook was back in 2015. It's really good for creators. It pushes your content out there and it's also really good just to watch it. Like that machine that just the algorithm just knows exactly what I want to see and I'm just, I just spent hours on it. And that's why, you know, I think you get exposure as a creator is because it, it knows, TikTok knows who it's serving. Mm. And um, then it just exploded. That's now the biggest platform I'm on in, in the space of a year versus, you know, like six years on Facebook to get to 1.1 and it's taken me a year on TikTok. And what other platforms do you use? Um, I'm on, oh, God, Snapchat I'm on, but that's mostly for, oh, I don't, can I say sending nudes? <laughs> um, that's mostly for like Grindr when you talk to people on Grindr, which is a gay hookup app. They're like, what's your Snapchat? And that's just for sending nudes. <laughs> so I don't really use Snapchat for anything else, but then Twitter, um also i mean instagram youtube the big four facebook twitter instagram youtube five tiktok those five are the ones that i really focus on what's your favorite a uh, grinder is my favorite <laughs> <laughs> so snapchat and grinder combined <laughs> spend most of my time there um 
Oh. For the more public-facing ones, then, unless that is. Open. <laughs> They're all yeah, very very open. Um, well, that's that's a really hard question because they all, I feel, serve a different purpose for me. What's your favourite um, one to create content for then? You can't I love all think... your children as much. Everyone's got a favourite child. I know. I hate them all equally. They're all just oh, just you know. What what now? What what do you want now, Facebook? For fuck's sakes! All right, fine. I think Facebook because they they've offered me a lot. I've got a supporter page which is similar to Patreon. So financially, Facebook is the biggest one for me. And then I'm also able just to connect with an audience a lot better, ask questions and interact. Um, and I find it probably the easiest, which is weird because you know it's in a creator lull you know all creators are struggling on that platform but i found that for some reason i haven't been and i don't know why and i'm i've been growing pretty rapidly um i'm making you know good adsense revenue on facebook um but i'm watching a lot of other creators just i think they they, they must get a bit of a lull hate it and not put their energy into it like i've, I've maintained a consistent amount of posting across all the platforms um and i try not to let numbers uh, slow me down because there was a, a point where you'd upload a video and it would get a million views on Facebook. And you'd be like, yeah, it's the best. Then it changed and suddenly you're only getting maybe 100, 150. Now everyone flipped a table and was like, I'm not going on to Facebook anymore. But I looked at it as everyone's in the same boat. 150 is still at the top of what creators are getting. I'll just keep going. I've got such a highly engaged audience. I'm now just dealing with core fans and I'm not just getting that three-second view. Like I just saw it as the one-second or three-second views that they stopped reporting essentially and they weren't views anyway. And so I stayed with it. I kept going. Um, I still found it fun. And then now I'm sort of like, ooh, now it's picking up a bit. Now I'm finding that I'm getting more supporters. I'm getting more people pay for it, which is like, what? Why are you paying for this shit? And um, uh, I can now, the beauty is I can just do a TikTok, save it and post it on Facebook and I get like the same amount of like crazy views. I got 30 million, I didn't even realise this. I looked at it yesterday. 30 million views. I didn't even do anything. I just sat there and watched a five-minute craft video and made noises like, ugh, ugh, ugh. 30 million. What is going on? You know, and there's $5,000 in that sense. Really. Yeah. So it's just like, I, it's so hard to understand all these uh, no, platforms I, I, and what they're doing and I've they change to, so consistently. I've got to say, when you make those noises, that's some of the funniest stuff I've seen. Like I seen one, <laughs> seen one recently where you, I think you were out in like nature and I think whoever did the edit oh, took, took all, all the, yeah. all the cuts of all the weird noises you made. And I watched that maybe 30 times, I think. Yeah, I don't like the outside, and I've, uh, I've I've hired a videographer now, and um, and he's like just into hiking and doing all this shit. So I was like, fine, take me on a hike. Worst thing I've ever done. I got bitten, I got attacked, I almost drowned in an inch of water, and um, I mean, it was it was funny, it was hilarious to watch a fat person try and do exercise. Like even I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> you you really um quite self-depreciating on, on the type of content you make um that's you, my humor yeah so I, I guess like how much are you really thinking about what you create and put up and, and don't put up or is it just pure have gut you, instinct and throwing shit at the wall so to speak have you seen the content I'm i making? have but i want to know if you're a, a, it's, right. 
innate genius uh, or intentional <laughs> genius or just your uh, yeah or or you don't want to reveal your no 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 I think it's a, I think it might be a combination of both I, I don't really plan um, and and having worked in radio and and seeing how they build stories and how they tell stories and how they talk to their audience you know nine years in commercial radio you really know how to tell a story and how to talk to an audience. Um, and so I think that learning, I'm really confident that when Ben, my videographer, says let's go on a hike, I'm like, great, this will be great. I hate hiking. We'll turn it into – there'll be content. You can turn you can turn shit into anything with great editing. And so um, it's just sort of let's just do it and see what happens. Like I honestly didn't think a video of me hiking would do that well. Um, but it ended up doing – a lot better. We got on the YouTube trending page, which I was like, what? I don't know when you, oh, and I hate this, and this is gross and disgusting, Ugh. but when you're like, when you're naturally, authentically you, <laughs> um, I think I've just been so open and honest about everything that I do, and I've had to learn how to be authentic. Being authentic isn't easy to do, you know. Um, I swear a lot. I'll, I'll say a lot of hugely inappropriate things, mostly on podcasting because I can get away with it there. Um, and I think people are just brought in. They'll, they'll come, they'll have a watch, and then they will go, not for me, and leave. And then the people that stay just know exactly what they're getting. I don't have to try and censor myself. I don't have to. Like, they know I hate people. Like, I hate people. They know I don't like going outside. I don't like doing anything. I just want to sit down and eat food on the couch. And so... I just think I've brought them into what I'm like and they find my disastrous life entertaining. <laughs> Which is kind of like, I mean, it, it's almost like the creator holy grail, not, you know, if they have a disastrous life or not, it's up, mm. up to them, but it's, it is sort of it, the, I don't want to say effortless, but no, it no, is it that... is effortless. Well, you look at, it's totally effortless. Well, I mean, I pay Ben and Phoebe to do all the producing and editing and everything. It's effortless from my perspective. But like, you look at creators like Logan Paul, who constantly were trying to better themselves with every video. And you know, I don't, <laughs> I have to work. I don't. That's not sustainable. And so, I've never tried to go bigger, go better, do surprises, do gags. Let's go here. Let's go there. It's just been. Just mundane shit that people find funny. Effortless content. And that way, you know, I can avoid doing anything, I don't know, controversial or burning out quickly. Mm. You know, going into a forest and filming a dead... Like, I'm, I'm, I think, really lucky in a sense that I, I can just watch paint, essentially. And people are like, that is just the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> But I, gotta say, I mean, but, you say that, you say it's effortless, and I understand that because from a point of view of planning, but whenever I talk to you, you're always busy doing something. It's not like you're sitting around doing absolutely nothing and then this content just magically appears. You are oh, actually... I'm lying. I'm absolutely lying to you. <laughs> I just didn't want to no, catch no, no. up. Like, oh, I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You've inco- yeah, I'm so busy. Um, can we postpone everything till four years from now? Um, <laughs> no, I like to keep myself busy. So, I would, I'd like, it's it's not hard work it's the busy work I do is you know now that I have like a merch business it's just making fragrances and key rings and constantly just always doing something and I find I've gotten to a point if I'm sitting down and watching Netflix for example I'm so uncomfortable if I'm not creating organizing folding bits of paper signing cards or doing physically doing something mm. which is annoying 
But um, it's easy, busy work, if that makes any sense. So you've gone from, obviously, you know, you did a lot of, I guess, character-based comedy um, in, you know, traditional stand-up world. And then you did you bring a lot of those elements to your, your online video stuff or did it completely change for you in the video you created for in the online space? Well, stage came right after. Stage came oh, right. years later. Oh. So I did all my character sketches. I'd done all my comedy videos, maybe three years, and I didn't want to do touring. That was terrifying. It's terrifying. A live audience unedited versus, you know, the comfort of turning a computer off and then, oh, I'll just deal with that, is, is it's crippling. And so I was, again, my manager, God bless him, um, sort of forced me to go into touring. He said, you'll be really good. Just do four shows, suck it up. Here's how much money you'll earn. I was like, oh, he knows me well. Give me a dollar amount. And I'm like, yes, I'll do it. It's a lot. Touring is good money. And so I did the four shows. I hated them. I hated them. And I thought they were awful. Um, I got a lot of good feedback, but I was like, no, I just didn't like it. And then um, they said, well, just do that show. They did do it. We'll do a national tour now. Instead of four shows, let's do uh, 16 and here's how much money you'll earn. And I was like, holy shit. (laughs) So I pushed through that and I I didn't love it. And then by the end, maybe the last three shows, I was fucking having the best time. I loved it. I was like, oh, my God, this is so fun. And um, then I was like, let's do another tour. I was like, let's do it again. Let's do it again. And, And so I sort of fell in love with touring basically because I was forced to do it. Um, But that's like anything, you know, you feel really uncomfortable putting yourself out there on camera. A lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to do TikTok. I don't want to be the face of my business. I don't want to do this because they're scared. That's exactly what I was. But, you know, once you get over that hurdle and you realise it's actually really easy and um, it'll be really good for you, you're just like, oh, it's like driving a car, terrifying in the first few months. And then you probably hit a few people and, you know, whoops, but then you now know not to do that, and you're great at driving. <laughs> what? what a metaphor! <laughs> so, like, how, how, what was that first like, though? You know, stepping out in front of a, a live audience compared to oh. just hitting record. Like, oh. I was just awful. It was so scary, and it was only about 120 people. Um, and for some weird reason, I the bigger the audience. The, the less nervous I get. So if I go out into a stage of a thousand people, I'm like, I, do, I want a thousand minimum. I think it's just because, uh, you know, 500 people laughing. So if I can get 50% of them laughing, it sounds like everyone's laughing and having a great time. So for me, that's like a bit less nerve wracking. But when it's like a small room, you can like hear three people laugh and you're like, oh my God, I'm a disaster. I'm terrible. And you look out into the crowd and people, when they watch you, just have bitchy resting face. You know, they're just watching you like, I'm sure they're enjoying it, hopefully, but you're like, oh, my God, that man. Oh, and you see people and you want them to be smiling the whole way. And if they're not, it puts you off. And it's just this, I overthought it a lot. And that's why I didn't like it. And that's why at the end I was like, oh, it was a really awful show. And I just fumbled most of my way through it. I also have a terrible memory. So I had everything written down, which didn't work. Like you can't have word for word written down because then you you're giving a, a TED talk almost rather than <laughs> trying to be funny and off the cuff. And then as soon as I realized that and shortened my notes and then, you know, got a lot more comfortable, um, it's really easy. Now, th- not to take that away from traditional stand-up comedians because I don't, I don't call myself that. 
I'm really lucky that I've built a huge following on Facebook. So they know exactly what they're going to get when they come to my show, which is probably the only reason I do it. I would never just do a room with people that didn't know who I was. Horrifying, terrifying. So I'm really lucky that um, I can sell tickets and people know exactly what they're going to get. They know my humor. Um, they're already just really excited. They're fans. And so all I have to do is literally, I could just, I can do anything, you know, fart on stage and ha, 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 and there's, you know, a hundred grand in my bank account. <laughs> so have you been tempted to do a live show at the local hardware then and just like just pitch up to Bunnos on a, on a, <laughs> on a Saturday and start selling Some tickets? Some paint guessing. Yes, yeah, um, paint guessing. Well, I feel like yeah. those that go to hardware stores are not really my crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Blokey men. I'm, I'm more appeal to the mums. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, and look, you, you're talking about it before. Obviously, you've grown as a creator. Now you have your own team, like working with you. Mm. Yeah, that's terrifying, <laughs> and it's it's so exciting. Um, I've always wanted, like, I've got Phoebe, who's my what's a content producer. She basically runs the whole thing. Um, I'm just the face. She's the brains. And um, I've wanted to bring her on board for so long, but, you know, bringing a full-time person can be expensive. And then I had a lot of success over COVID and I had a lot of money come in. And so I was able to offer her a full-time job and she moved from Sydney to Brisbane. And um, she doesn't work necessarily on the merch side. She's not supposed to, but um, she's was brought on to be able to produce a lot of the content I can now have someone to film or do stuff where, you know, I don't just have a tripod. Mm. I can bounce ideas off. We can create, collaborate, and it's been really good. And then I realized um, I do need a videographer. Like I need someone whose, you know, sole job is to film, edit, um, and do lighting and sound and audio because that's, I I can't, it's it's too much to be responsible for. And then trying to film, like, so I brought Ben in. And, um, you know, now we're going out and doing some really cool, like the hike video was the first one we did. He, he has a drone, you know, I didn't have to worry about anything other than basically performing or, you know, just, I, there was no pressure. I could just go on this hike, Ben would capture the audio <laughs> and, the, and the thing and, you know, me being a natural disaster and then he'd edit it all and I wouldn't even have to do it. And I'm just getting, I think it's just me getting more and more lazy. I, I want to do less and less. <laughs> Um, and I can just be myself. Didn't really, he, just... did, didn't he crash the drone into your head or something in the last? Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. He flew the drone into my hand. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, the, the purpose of we we went to this beautiful waterfall um, to shoot an ad for. I've got a fragrance, a roll-on essential oil blend that I created called Fakovsky. Um, fuck off, ski. Um, keeps people away, and we were just filming an ad. You know, like a classic fragrance ad that made no sense. And so I was just standing in this waterfall, holding this fragrance up. And I trusted Ben, there's my first mistake, um, to fly this drone. He was doing some really low shots. So he was going over my head. So I was like, oh, no, he's got this. He's fine. And so that one time I didn't duck, uh, he flew it straight into my hand. And it was like a scalpel, like stabbing my hand. It was so painful. Stupid bastard. I fired him straight away. Um, you know, so it's a high risk. I have a high risk job. <laughs> If you like this conversation or want to be part of the conversation, how about join us each week on Clubhouse? We get guests from the podcast on there talking all about the creator generation and the creator economy. You can ask your own questions. So if you think you can do a better job of this than myself or Fred, and let's be honest, you probably can, head on over, hit us up on Clubhouse. We're there every Sunday, 3 p.m. 
for the West Coast of the USA, 6 p.m. in the East. And in Australia, obviously, we are on Mondays, 10 a.m., daylight saving time. Catch you there. Obviously, like you said, you have now like a product line. Like, to Tell us all about the how your products came to be. Like a lot of creators try to do merch and try to do products. Most of them don't do that well with it. But I think you've tapped into something quite unique, right? Yeah, I think that's the win. It's so weird and unique. I tried, I've always wanted to do merch. Everyone's been like, you know, you look at Jake Paul. I'm like, he sells such shit, but that's where he makes all his money from. So I was like, I want to do that. So I tried the tea towels, the t-shirts, just all the real generic stuff. And it just, it was more a hindrance. It was more work than it was reward. And so I stopped and um, I was like, well, I don't, I don't actually want to do any merch. And then, you know, COVID happened and, you know, being coming from such a creative family, I make a lot of things and I loved making stuff and selling it. And um, basically just purely by chance had fallen into making these resin pendants with these little flowers in them uh, to give away as prizes for Facebook supporters. And they all desperately wanted one. Like, can we buy them? Like, we don't want to win it. We just, we want to buy it. I was like, what? such shit so I was like all right <laughs> so I made them and sold them and then uh, one of them Jess said um you should just just make more and sell them to everyone like you could probably sell a lot and I was like nah nah so I didn't I held off and then I was like oh let's just see so I I made them a little bit better I bought some better little ribbon flowers to put in and I uh, started making them and the idea was so ridiculous because I was, I mean, I'm into crystals. They're all bullshit. You're charging them with the moon. What is that crap? But I bought all these crystals and I'm like, oh, healing energy. And I was like, is there a crystal that just keeps people away from you? Just radiates fuck off energy. And there wasn't. So that's why the, the pendant came about. That was the, the crystal that I would scream abuse into and then people would leave you alone. So I made a video about it. I had a couple of molds, maybe could make 20 at a time posted it on TikTok, went to bed, you know, and the next morning I'd sold maybe 50 or 60. And I was like, wow, that's, I got so many. I was like, great, maybe I'm onto something. And so I left the shop open. I didn't set any limits on pendants and they take 24 hours to make and I could make 50 at a time. And so the number was like, the next day was 100, then 200, then 500, then 1,000. And I was like, oh, oh, I can't make a 1,000. Like that's going to take me four months. And so suddenly I was like, all right, I I was buying moulds and more resin and it was just this sort of expanding growth really quickly and I was all on my own. So I was having to post and print labels and work out this sort of system and having to stick stamps on every envelope. And it was great because the motivation was I would check PayPal and be like, holy shit, all right, keep going. (laughs) And um, it got to a point where I think I'd done about I'd sold about six or 7,000. Like I'd had done so many and I was like crying because I just, I had no sleep. I had to wake up at maybe 2 a.m. every morning to re-pour these molds so I could make as many pendants as possible. And I, so I was like, this, is, this has been great. I just need a break. So I'd gotten on top of orders. I'd stopped posting about everything. And what I didn't realize was, and this is wonderful, there's a famous drag queen called Angina, who was on the uh, first episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. And she'd ordered one and I didn't know. And um, I, I woke up, again, it's always when you're asleep. I woke up, I had a text message to be like, holy shit, check out Instagram. And I was like, oh my God, like this is cool. Like she'd done like 
just a post and all these stories and it really was like spruiking it. And, you know, you're talking about someone with like 750,000 Instagram followers. I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And I, it didn't click that that might generate sales. <laughs> and having just being just so exhausted and being like, right, I'm turning the shop off. I had like 1,500 orders sitting in there and I just thought, this is amazing, but fuck, like what am I going to do? And so I shut everything down. I, I, I filled the orders and, you know, I was like, I'm going to have to hire. I need help. So I had all friends helping me. I was like, Phoebe, come and work for me. And then, oh, surprise, you're now working in the shop. <laughs> Poor Phoebe. And so, you know, I've hired, I hired casual staff. I've brought people in and I'm like, oh, my God, there's a, I've got a business. Like I'm running a business. And so I started to go, well, let's make key rings. Let's do stickers. Let's just sell fuck off. And um, it's it's turned into this huge thing, yeah. I guess. And mm. such and a you, beautiful thing. You actually, fuck oh off. my god! <laughs> you, you actually scream. You literally scream "fuck off" into the into the. Yep. Yeah. So when the when the molds are poured, you're looking like there's like 400 pendants setting, and I just literally bend over and go "fuck off," leave me alone, piss off, you dickhead, into them, <laughs> charge them, and then they're ready to go. When I when I mm. actually. Um, we didn't meet in the industry. We actually, I was actually in, the, in a coffee shop and I actually saw Phoebe at a table making these pendants. And I asked the owner, oh, of, the yes, co- yeah. Yeah, I asked the owner of the coffee shop, I said, what's that lady doing? I can see all these little pendants saying, fuck off. And I'm like, what's that lady doing? And she explained <laughs> it to me. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I went over and chatted to her and she said, yeah, yeah. And like Christian screamed into them. And if you hear, if you listen, you can hear him on his balcony, off the balcony screaming, fuck oh. off. It's like, oh, yeah, that's, it's yeah, it's like, well, no, that, that's that noise. Okay, I, I get it now. So it is authentic. You literally scream, fuck off, yes. into, into these yeah. things. I yeah, scream into them. It's so therapeutic. I can't tell you. Just <laughs> screaming, though, like, for people to go away, it's just so, it's so good. <laughs> what, do you, what, what do your other neighbours think of this, though? <laughs> um, well, my, so my balcony is pretty enclosed, but um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I never really thought about that. <laughs> the ones Police the turning up. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's just me again. It's just you know, there's nothing going on here. <laughs> I love so, it. And and some of the stuff you've done to to like promote the fuck off store or the fuck off shop. Sorry, I should get it right. Um, it's pretty interesting. Like you've even done billboards and and print ads. What's the what's the go with that? You're an online creator with an online audience. What, what what's going on with billboards and press ads so um that comes back to my radio experience so after doing the fuck off pendants i was like i really i've always wanted to have like a fragrance it's like i want to have a fragrance and to make one really difficult really expensive and so i was like you can just mix some essential oil oh yeah you've got one yeah so you just mix a couple of drops of essential oil fill it with some like a base a base oil and then you've got a roll-on fragrance and so I was like, I could do that. So we ordered all the products and then um, I, I was really open about that story. I was like, I want to start a fragrance. What am I going to call it? What am I going to do? I, I posted that everywhere. And so everyone had all this feedback. Um, Amanda came up with Fakovsky, which I was like, that's genius. I'm taking that. <laughs> and so it was sort of, I brought everyone in on this journey of building this fragrance up. And then um, I found out, you know, Rolling Stone uh, were going to let me publish an ad in their magazine for it which was hilarious. And then from that, people were like, oh, my God, this is so funny. It was still 
pretty co- like Melbourne was in lockdown at that point, and so you had a lot of advertisers and a lot of people who had billboards weren't advertising, and so I had companies go, well, we've got some free billboards. Do you want to use them? And I was like, yes, please. And then we had you know hyped media came on with the billboard trucks, so every state had these trucks that had LED screens on them, and they drove around with Fakovsky all over them, um, and it was all free, which was amazing. And and that's how that happened. And then we launched and it was it was really successful, which I was surprised at. <laughs> it's actually it's, it's, awesome. it's pretty good. It's like so what good. is it? It's your pine vetiver. I don't know what that is. Sandalwood, frankincense, and fuck off energy. Nice. Yep. I like it. Mm. it smells like I don't give a fuck with a hint of deforestation. <laughs> yeah, because they're all they're all um pine, like pine, frank, uh, vetiver and sandalwood is all wood. Oh, right. So you have to cut down a lot of trees to make that. Uh, oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> I've got quite a few products. I think uh, I've collected them like the keyring and the uh, old Fakovsky here. It's, um, I keep them on my desk every day looking at them. Do they work? I yeah. uh, well. Well, you're still here, and <laughs> yeah. so clearly not. Well, we're well, not in the same I, office. I, so, yeah. Over a thousand kilometers away, or yeah. a couple of thousand oh, kilometers oh, away. So yes. maybe it is. Maybe it works. Yeah. There, there is literally nobody around me, so it probably does work. <laughs> So what's next in terms of products? So we've just launched, this is Phoebe's idea, which I think is the best idea out of anything we've done. Um, these two little beans, so you plant them in the ground. Um, they've got, uh, oh, how do I explain this? They're like the size of maybe your thumbnail and they get laser printed. And so there's the words fuck off on these beans. So you plant them in the ground um, and then they, you know, five days later they grow and the lasered fuck off actually grows up out of the plant and it, it's like a little seed pod that's attached to the stem. So out pops this plant and, you know, there's fuck off written on it. And that so we just, yeah, isn't amazing. it so cool? <laughs> so Phoebe's paid for herself for the next three years. Um, and so we've launched that. We launched that yesterday. So that's doing pretty well, actually, which is great. Nice. That is and then we've got, genius. Yeah. Genius. We've got some, and then we've got soaps is the next one. So we're putting pendants into soaps so you can wash the fucks away. <laughs> it cleans your body. Um, and then the, the lady who's making the fuck off soap has a penis mold. And <laughs> it's a soap mold. So we're putting pendants into the tips of these penis mold soaps. And it's so inappropriate because the way you wash your hands is you... You slide it (laughs) (laughs) and then you soap your hands up and then you wash your hands. And so, again, washing, you know, cleansing, washing the fucks away. And then I think we've got in the works. Like, it's so fun. Like, it's so fun. The the other thing that I haven't really told anyone is I'm a big fan of herbal tea. And so I'm looking at bringing out uh, Christian's Unique Natural Tea. Okay, what what does that spell? (laughs) Yep, you get so, that. So, mm. so it's, you know, it's my you know, C-U-N-T. So that's, um, and so it'll be under the fuck off brand. And so you'll just have tea that has, you know, fuck off. Yep. Wow. Billy and Empire, all of which will be run by Phoebe from the coffee shop. She'll be like, you know, putting yeah. these things into the penis. Phoebe's doing the Empire, let's be real. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. What do you, like, I'm, I'm really, like, the thing is, it's clearly, obviously, you know, you will dry reach a bit, bit on this, but it is this is genuinely authentic to you and and the team and the brand. But like, how do you, you know, was there any reticence at all at any stage creating like a a potentially, well, not potentially, it will be offensive to certain people, like incredibly offensive. Were you was that 
any worry at all? Or were you just like, nah, this is just for us and our people? A little, I was a little worried. So every time I, I push the boundary a little bit, like the tea is going to be an interesting one. Um, I think I've, I've introduced it slowly. So the pendant was just a pendant that I yell into. And then the key ring version of that actually has the words fuck off written on the key ring. And so it's just been this slow progression. But also I, I have a really good friend of mine who has a website called the Inappropriate Gift Co. And her products are like, the C-U-N-T is written just full on, like her products are full on and I've helped her and I've promoted them. And every time I get one of her products and promote it, it gets, it just, it blows up and people love it. And so I was able to, you know, I've been doing that for maybe four years for her. And so the audience is aware, you know, you, you get the people that are like, oh, it's a bit too much for me. They'll watch it. Maybe they won't share it or buy it, but you know, it's like, Here's here's a great example. My mum, oh my god, she hates swearing. She hates it. <laughs> she hates it. And so with this fuck off pendant, my mum's done like a three sixty, and she comes to me with all these ideas, and she she'll swear. She'll be like, okay, well the next thing you need to do is these. Um, she went to Bunnings. She bought these um, uh, gnomes, and they they were giving the finger. And so she painted them up and she wrote a thing that said fuck off on it. And she's like, let's do gnomes. You can put them in the garden. And she's wanted a bag. <laughs> she's made bunting. And she's just like, okay, now with the fuck off, I'm going to put it here and do that. And, and she's dropped the sea bomb a few times. And I'm just like, this is a woman who if I said the word stupid, you know, it was the wooden spoon would come out. <laughs> so I think, I think it's, it's becoming a bit more desensitized. Um, and so it's I also think, the way the way you use it and the intent of the word. So I think to to go full circle to Carl Sandlands and the shock jock ilk is I find that's where they don't know where the line is sometimes so they cross it in 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 being controversial and funny they cross that line and um, yeah it's just interesting to see if you're you're constantly like how you're constantly pushing. That line, and have you ever stepped over it? I feel like online, you're you're held up to a lot more accountability than you are on television or radio, and and you can also watch like you look at Shane Dawson or you look at creators, and most of them are a lot younger and they don't have the life experience that I have. And you know, I've seen shit in radio, and and I know how to talk to an audience. I know how to be empathetic. You know, it's the intent of what you do versus. Now, you can say something and have the best of intentions, but you know someone that's gone through an experience like that won't take it that way. So it's best just to not say it or, or you know, not make jokes about that. But that's, I mean, it, comedy. It's common. Like, you, you, we could debate this question forever because comedians will push the boundaries. But I don't feel like I'm a comedian that pushes the boundaries. I just say fuck a lot <laughs> and talk about dicks and eggplants. Like that's my limit. Dicks in eggplants. No, no, no. Oh, just, no. Dicks and eggplants. Uh, eggplants don't go in dicks; they go somewhere else. So, these are lessons I'll teach you. <laughs> you have to uh, subscribe to his Snapchat to understand this. <laughs> you know what? Though my next move is OnlyFans. I really want to do an OnlyFans. Awesome. You make so much money. Look how disinterested the two of you are about me. No, not. Okay. I think that's a great idea. I, I think I'm, like, I'm, I'm not your audience, but I maybe I am. I, don't know. I, I think, um, boy, go for it. Go nuts. Yeah, I, I think that's that's. I have no idea what you're going to do on there, but have fun. I don't either because I, I don't really have the body type. I'm short and fat. 
for only no, no, I think that that I think you'll probably find a, a very <laughs> fulfilling niche. I think yeah, you find a niche. I was thinking maybe if I sit on cakes, because <laughs> there's a food thing. I, I don't know. Oh, anyway, right. I'll, that will be the next episode of this podcast. Extension of the paint. Once the paint color has been revealed on TikTok, you mm. can then go to only my naked and... body in it. <gasps> exactly. You just made me a fortune. Integrated. Oh, yep. gosh. Yeah. Hey, um, we're running low on time, Christian, but I have one uh, one segment that I love to do is, and this could be opening a, in, in very interesting can of worms with you, but it, it's we basically ask, where have you been down the internet rabbit hole lately? What led you down the, the internet rabbit hole and what weird, wonderful, perverse probably place have you been lately? There's, there's two. They're, they're not that inappropriate. I'm so sorry. But oh. um, one... <laughs> was uh, there's a whole world of YouTube where people try to play um, like James Bond on Nintendo 64 as quickly as possible, like literally a level in 60 seconds. And I don't know my brother got onto it, but you watch these videos of uh, it. It's mind-blowing. Like I remember playing, you know, Mario Kart or James Bond as a kid. So that's why I'm so like nostalgic about it. And it took us days to complete these episodes and these people all they do hour after hour is just try and play an episode really quickly in 60 seconds or or less or and it's fascinating to watch and then the other thing that i've gone down the rabbit hole is paint um is is paintings being restored like old masters Mm -hmm. um and you watch them like with a cotton bud, just slowly, like, get the varnish off, touch it up, and then try and untouch the stickiness and the frames and everything. Sounds so boring, but it is the most riveting. <laughs> it is so fascinating. That's hmm. not what I expected, but both no. sound very interesting. Where are you watching no, this? They, they, they sound so boring, but they're no, really I cool. get it. I, like the speedrunning nostalgia old game speed running yes 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 um yeah i'm, I'm down with it man yeah no totally um no idea what i'm talking about uh well, you got there. i got yeah. there i pay attention um frederico what about you where have you been headed some weird wonderful i i've sort of got back into bob ross a bit i you know you sort of see it on the periphery <gasps> and then you go back to it and you're like huh this is really good and it's really calming you're just watching it you're just sitting there and it's like a, it's a good unwind at the end of a day and just hang out with a bit of uh bob ross and just check it out Really, it's also like he's like and at a tree, and he just with yeah, four brush strokes at this beautiful tree. Yeah, and he's like, and he's like how did you do? I, I I even went so far as actually looking up where like you could get like these Bob Ross paints. Like that's how far down I was. Like oh, okay, yeah, and then this is like that's it. Just happens. That is deep. That is, <laughs> get, come out. You can yeah, you, you can get them. You can get them. anyway. <laughs> that's that's where I ended up. But uh, yeah, how about you, Anton? Uh, mine's just general as a, and it's I've I've missed the theme. I'm sorry. It was you know the the visual art thing just totally. But um, Clubhouse, Fred, you've been there too. We've been just a little too probably deep on the rabbit hole on Clubhouse. Mm. Um, wow. Yeah, it's just Good. you know if, if yeah. it's it's it's. Great. They've got the FOMO thing really worked out. You get pinged with interesting conversations happening all day long and it's kind of like, oh, I want to be on that. I want to be on that. And then I've sort of weaned myself off because it was, I had to sort of just be like, I need some, like if I had five minutes spare, I'd be like walking here or there, we'll just check out what's happening on Clubhouse. Ooh, an hour later. Oh, crap. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. it really sucks you in. But we, yeah, like, I mean, We've been sucked in so much that we're hosting one every week, but um, 
<laughs> and we'll promote that. But it is genuinely like it's a very interesting platform, and, and there's going to be like Twitter's just launched their version of it. Um, who, you know, who knows when Snapchat and Insta and everyone else is going to follow in. Facebook won't miss this one. But yeah, the, the you know the casual drop-in audio conversations, they're yeah pretty yeah, pretty interesting. The- the latest thing we've seen from Facebook, I think, was um, have you heard about the meet and greet option? Yeah. You, yeah. You, I'm literally like where you – it's like Cameo where, you know, people will, will pay me to, to do a birthday message for a friend of theirs and this is just like a live chat version of that. Mm. And I'm like, whoa, this is probably – I hope it's going to be big. Because I'm like, dollar signs for Christian? <laughs> well, it's it's your platform of choice too, right? Yeah. And I think, yeah, you could sit on the couch and um, still be watching Netflix and having snacks and probably do this. That's so part of the charm, yeah. yeah. You'll kill at it. Like, it's like my dream. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll film a message for you while doing fuck all on the couch and that's part of the, <laughs> of the thing. <laughs> yeah. Go. People could come and charge the fuck off crystals with you. You could just take them in. You could like supercharge ones. A genius Ooh. idea. Mm. Oh, mm. Oh, I expect a cut of all these great ideas. The, yeah. the only, yeah. the only fans idea. The, you know, like breaking <laughs> up. I'm coming back up to Brisbane. I'm joining. You're you. <laughs> <laughs> my only fans producer now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, it's hilarious to have that as a job title, but I'm sure there's, there's people out there with that. So good on them. Yeah. Hey, um, Federico, I've had a heap of fun. Yeah. This is awesome. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I feel so fresh. Yeah. <laughs> Weightless comes out there, it'll just be like a series of cuts of just the most incriminating bits. And they're like, I didn't oh, say that. We cut I them all together. Idiot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, we should get a, a, a fuck counter on this one. Like, how many times yes. we've said fuck? That would be I good. just want to add a few more fucks just to really yeah, boom it up at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think so. I think uh, so. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. It's been a fucking fun time. Oh, Christian, thanks for hanging out with us. You're fucking welcome. <laughs> Red. Fuck on, Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Create a generation. Look on the mic.